Hey there, Karen here. Before we dive into the episode today, I wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me for the last couple months and for your emails and texts with positive feedback for the show. Being here with you every Wednesday, it's something I really look forward to as we share our IBD mom journey together. It's actually better than I ever dreamed it would be. I'm especially thankful to those of you who have taken the time to leave a positive review for the podcast on iTunes, like Devia Leah, who writes, I love her. Karen, I love how you get right to it and share your know-how with us all. I am so excited for this podcast. Thank you, girl. Oh, thank you. Right back at you, Devia Leah. Thank you, girl. You made my day when I read that, so thank you for that. I know it takes time out of your busy day to leave a rating and review, and I appreciate it when you do. It helps other moms find the podcast so we can support each other on our IBD journey. And to say thank you for leaving a rating and review, I'm currently giving away my Kitchen Arsenal Cure Recipe Guide just in time for cold and flu season. And of course, coronavirus immune boosting as well. Keeping your immune system healthy is more important than ever. I want you to get your hands on my Kitchen Arsenal Cure with two recipes to boost your immune system with ingredients you already have in your kitchen. Leave me a rating and review, a positive one I hope, on iTunes. Once you do, take a screenshot of it and email it to me with the subject line, podcast review. I'll immediately send you my Kitchen Arsenal Cure recipe guide as a way to say thanks. Thanks for spreading the love and joy. Whether you leave a review or not, know that I appreciate you and thank you for listening to the show. Now, let's get to it. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. my love. Welcome to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD. It's episode 10. Can you believe it? We're in double digits now. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to keep this gut healing party going. I just mapped out the episodes through the end of the year, and let me tell you, we are in for some juicy IBD information. Today's episode, it's no exception. Today, we're highlighting our relationship with our doctors. This relationship always is a tricky one to navigate for IBD moms. Dare I say, it might even be more complicated than the one you have with your spouse. Let me ask you a question. Do you like your gastroenterologist? Do you even have a gastroenterologist or did you stop going because he or she annoyed you so much? Pretend you're on health grades and you're giving your IBD doctor a rating, what would that rating be? From my experience chatting with IBD moms, the likelihood of it being a five-star review is almost zero. 
If you already have your doctors, your gastro and other doctors, and all of them are in the five plus zone, this is probably not the episode for you. Go forth, enjoy your awesome doctor-patient relationships, and thank your lucky stars for what you have. But if you're finding yourself frustrated, annoyed, and anxious about your gastro visits, like so many of the clients I see, this episode is going to give you so much clarity and so much power to take into your doctor's office. And it's also going to give you the tools you need if you're ready to take a bold leap and finally find the doctor of your dreams. He or she is out there. They're waiting for you to come knocking. I promise. I certainly know a thing or two about hunting down a good gastroenterologist. I've done it several times in my 30-year journey with Crohn's. When I was first having digestive symptoms when I was young, only 14 years old, I had no clue what Crohn's even was. I had never heard of it. I don't think, thinking back, I don't think I even knew what a gastroenterologist was. As one does when they're 14, I just went to the doctor that my mom took me to. Lucky for me, I had a health-savvy nurse of a mama, and she not only set me up with a caring gastro, where I lived right in Buffalo, New York, that was Dr. Jan Novak, but she also brought me to a specialist three hours from our house. Shout out to Dr. Aaron Brzezinski at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know if he's still there, but shout out to you, Dr. Brzezinski. Now, these docs... They had a way Western medication-only approach. It was like that all the way. And at the time, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about food and lifestyle and mindset and how those factors could also be used to treat my disease. This was the late 80s, and it's amazing how far we've come since then. But in their own Western way, they both were so caring and kind, amazingly knowledgeable, especially Dr. Brzezinski at the Cleveland Clinic. Even though I've since left the Cleveland area, that hospital, it it just holds a place near and dear to my heart. These two doctors, they saw me through the worst of my disease. It was my teens and into my early 20s, and I honestly, I didn't know how lucky I was at the time. I just thought that all doctors were like that. But then, then I married my hubby and we started our whirlwind tour of the world for 10 years, going from military base to military base. Sometimes we moved every year and with each town and with each move, it involved finding a new gastroenterologist and they never lived up to my first experience. These 10 years, when we moved around a lot with the military where I never found a doc that I was comfortable with and really... They never even helped me at all, to be really honest, and let's just call it what it was. It sucked. It really sucked because I felt alone in a sea of pain and diarrhea, despair, and hopelessness. To anyone outside of the chronic illness world, I know that what I just said, I know that sounds quite dramatic, but I know that you get it. I know that you know this feeling all too well. You know just how alone you feel when you don't really have someone in the medical profession who's in your corner. You can have all the family and friend support in the world, and that's great. But it's not the same as someone who gets it, who gets it and everything that you're going through from a medical perspective. Not having the right doctor, it can do this to you. It can take you 
from feeling hopeful to now feeling anxious, frustrated, depressed, and then that hopelessness I was describing. And I'm not just talking about when you're at the doctor's office, but it will affect you long after, later that day, beyond that day, and on an ongoing basis. Doctors who don't listen to things from your point of view, doctors who treat you like a number or don't make eye contact with you because they've stuck their head in the computer or in their notes, doctors who talk down to you like they're a guru on high and you're just the lowly patient, doctors who rush you out of the office or don't explain medications or their decisions or your options to you, you as the patient, they don't even explain your options to you. Doctors who tell you what to do, period, no room for discussion, or give you harsh examinations, which is such a big deal for us because we're often getting our achy belly poked and our rectum prodded. These are the kinds of doctors I bet we've all dealt with from time to time, and it's not okay. And more importantly, you don't have to settle for it. Please, please, I implore you, don't settle for it. There's better care out there. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you how to get exactly what you need from your doctor. Now, before we go any further, please know, please know that this is not a doctor bashing episode. That's not my intention at all. I'm not down on all doctors. Doctors have saved my life my kids' lives, and my mom's life. The surgeon who did my first bowel resection, Dr. Jeffrey Milsom, I still remember him, outstanding. The doctor who diagnosed my son with neurocardiogenic syncope, Dr. De La Uz, fantastic. The whole team of oncology doctors who have kept my mom going. She's been going an unheard of amount of time with liver cancer, five years. I could just hug each and every one of them. Lord knows I've had some great ones, and I bet you have too. Currently, I have several doctors I love, but it was work to find them, let me tell you. I never took the easy road to find them. I never settle like I might have years ago. Finding the right doctor, it involved knowing exactly what I needed from a doctor, whether it was for me or for my family members, and then asking them, asking them if they were able to deliver on what I needed. There's many ways you can get the most out of your relationship with your doctor, but one of the best things you can do is make sure you have the right doctor for you. And the right doctor for you might not be the right doctor for me. Remember, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder with life partners and with doctors too. If your goal is to work with the right doctor that fits your needs, especially when it comes to your gastroenterologist, then the best thing you can do is start by picking the right gastroenterologist right from the start. Sure, if you're already in a relationship with a doctor that you don't care for, but switching isn't an option, there are things you can do to improve your relationship. And we're gonna get to those ways in just a minute. But it's easier to develop the best relationship you can with your medical provider if you start from scratch. I want you to be equipped with the tools you need to do just that. Picking a great gastro, and yes, you can. It starts with knowing the questions to ask, either before you ever go, which is my preference, 
or asking those questions at your first appointment, keeping in mind that if you don't like the answers you hear, you never have to go back. I've created a guide to help you with this whole process. My top five questions to ask to pick a doctor you'll rave about. It's a PDF guide available to you right now. Over the years, with lots of failed and finally successful attempts to find a gastro for me, I've learned that these five questions are the key to helping you feel empowered, educated, and on an equal playing field with the doctor you choose to allow into your sacred health space. Trust me, this guide is fabulous. You're going to want to have it, and you're going to want to keep it on hand. You can get my guide by going directly to the show notes for episode 10 or by going to karenhaley.com forward slash doctor. Whether you need it now or not, I will just go ahead and get it, download it, print it out, or keep it somewhere in your computer. This is a guide that will work for any practitioner, not just gastros. If you want to get this guide, my top five questions to ask to pick a doctor you'll rave about. Go to karenhaley.com forward slash doctor. That's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com forward slash doctor. And it will come straight to your inbox. Now, if you're at that point where you know your doctor is not a good fit for you and you're ready to go doctor shopping, these five questions, they're all that you'll need to set up a safe doctor-patient space that you can grow with, you can feel nurtured with, and you can feel educated by. But what if you have a doctor already and you're not that thrilled with your choice? You're not that thrilled, but but you do see potential there. You're not ready to kick them to the curb just yet. There's always ways you can improve your relationship with your partner, right? Just like partners have to work at a relationship, so do doctors and patients. Besides having these five questions on hand for picking the right doctor for you, I also want you to have my best tips for molding your relationship with your gastroenterologist or any other provider that you have, molding molding it into the one you want it to be. Even if you're just starting out with a new doctor, and really, especially if this is the case, these tips, they will give you the information you need and they'll set the stage for a positive and collaborative relationship right from the get-go. It's so much easier in any relationship when we start off on a supportive and collaborative foot. But know that it's okay if you didn't. It might take a little more time and effort, but If you think there's hope, it's always a good idea to stick with it and try to make those changes you want to see. If you truly give it a good try and you know you've given it your all, at least you'll have learned a ton for your next doctor-patient relationship. Okay, here are my eight. There's eight of them. Eight must-do tips that you can use to make sure that when you talk, your doctor will listen. If you follow these tips, You'll have a great relationship with your doctor where you actually look forward to those office visits. Can you imagine that? You'll feel valued with your partnership. And best of all, because of this relationship, your health will move in a positive direction. Here's tip number one. Go into your doctor's office with confidence. I know that seems simple, right? You know that you're in charge. You're not a wallflower. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were. You're not a wallflower. You're not waiting to be stowed with powerful wisdom. 
You're a mom in charge. You're a go-getter in the workforce, a partner in crime with your spouse. I know you already know this about the other areas in your life, but something seems to happen to us between our head and what comes out of our mouth in the doctor's exam room. Our thoughts were crystal clear at home, but they become mush in the doctor's office. And furthermore, what we verbalize to our doctor, it's often curated. It's often a curated version of what's actually going on in our head. One of the best ways that you can make sure that you go in with confidence, the confidence you want to have when you leave the house that sticks with you when you're in the waiting room, is to plan a trip to the bathroom once you get checked in. Stick with me here because I know it sounds weird, but stick with me because this is going to make sense in just a second. When you go to the bathroom, of course, if you have to, feel free to go to the bathroom. But the real reason you're going there, the real reason you're going in the bathroom is to look at yourself in the mirror. When you do that, I want you to remind yourself that you are a strong, confident woman. Sorry, I kind of just lost myself in Chandler there from an old episode of Friends. Do you remember that? But actually, it's going to work much better for you because you actually are a strong, confident woman, not a man. So this type of positive self-talk, it's going to work better for you than it did for Chandler. Yeah, your doctor, they went to medical school. So yes, they do have that medical knowledge that we might not have. But that doesn't mean that what you bring to the table is any less important. Go in with confidence. The confidence of knowing that no one knows your body better than you. I have to say that again because it is just so crucial to this. No one knows your body better than you. That sets the tone and the flow for the appointment, right? You know that you're going to walk in there feeling empowered, confident, and self-assured. As self-assured as when you came in. And that's what you're going to tell yourself in that mirror in the bathroom before you go to the exam room. You've got this, girlfriend. Go in with power. Tip number two. Go to your doctor's appointment educated. Think your doc might be ready to have a talk with you about biologics or scheduling a colonoscopy or even a a potential surgery? Read up on your options before your appointment. The internet is a beautiful thing, my friend. Podcasts like this one, YouTube, research studies. You never know where you're going to find valuable information about your IBD options. Sure, some of the information, it might not be so accurate. We know that for all the good information out there, there's also a lot of bogus info too. But if you choose your sources wisely and you're savvy and a skeptical consumer of info like I know you are, then you're able to sift through the nonsense and get straight to the credible. Plus, you're armed with this knowledge ahead of your appointment. You're ready to ask the right questions of your medical provider. Which brings us to tip number three. Always go to your appointment with a list of questions. Hand or phone written, not in your head. Trust me, mama, you'll never remember them. Even the most seasoned IBDers, once that exam gets started, the poking and the prodding, once you hear bad news, or heck, even good news, those questions rush right out of your head. Go with questions and focus. Focus on the high mileage questions first because you never know when you'll be shuffled out. Ask the important questions 
first. Tip number four, never let your provider talk over you or down to you. Remember I mentioned that your doctor is smart, right? Of course they're smart. They went to medical school. They learned all kinds of terminology and medical language. Sometimes they just aren't able to bring all that terminology and medical smarts down to our level. And sometimes, in rare occurrences, but it does happen, sometimes it's almost like they're patting us on the head saying, okay, little girl, now go do what you're told. Hopefully, you've never had an experience like that with a condescending doctor. Thankfully, like I said, they're few and far between, but I do remember that I had one. I had to deal with one when my hubby and I, we had been trying to get pregnant for two years with no success, and we were seeing a fertility specialist. This doctor, he literally patted me on the head. He told me all our fertility issues were most likely in my head. And furthermore, he informed me I probably wasn't getting pregnant because I didn't weigh enough. And he asked me if I had an eating disorder. This was all explained after this was all after I had explained to him that I had Crohn's and I had trouble keeping weight on. I never wanted to smack a doctor more than in that moment. We immediately left and never went back again. I remember that I cried all the way home. I felt so humiliated. He took an already emotionally fraught experience, that of a couple experiencing infertility, and made me feel shameful and guilty for my role in it. Shame on him or any doctor who deliberately talks down to their patient. You don't need to put up with treatment like this. If this ever happens, remember, there's lots of fish in the sea. Take my fertility example here. I quickly made an appointment with a sane fertility specialist who was kind and compassionate and understanding. After meeting with her, we were pregnant within three months. Let's move on to tip number five. Don't stay if you're unhappy. Don't stay if you're unhappy. This one ties in nicely with the tip that we just talked about in tip number four. If you're unhappy with your gastro for whatever reason, you don't like the office staff, you don't like the options that the doctor has laid out for you, you don't like the energy in the office, whatever it is, whatever reason, it doesn't have to be tangible. Don't stay if you're unhappy. How likely do you think it is that you'll comply with a doctor's advice or a practice when you just don't get good vibes there? Probably not likely. In cases like this, is there another doctor you might try in the same practice? How about a town over? Is there a doctor there or even four towns over? Be willing to go that extra mile, sometimes literally, to find the doctor you mesh with. Trust me, there's an amazing doctor waiting to serve you. Keep looking. You will find them. Tip number six. Have your very own wheel of wellness. Okay, I have to confess, this is my absolute favorite tip of all the tips I'm going to talk to you about today. My clients hear about the wheel of wellness all the time. So here's the deal. I said it before and I'll say it again. If you've got Crohn's or colitis, you need a gastroenterologist. You just never know when you're going to need their expertise. Whether you visit once a month or once every couple years, 
Have a contact that you can call just in case. Having your gastro, it's important. But what is that saying? What's that saying they say about eggs in baskets? Right, it's never put all your eggs in one basket. In the world of health, this means that you don't leave all your care to just one person. Healing from Crohn's and colitis, it works best when you diversify. Your wheel of wellness, it might include doctors like your gastro, your PCM, a gynecologist, but it might also include other practitioner areas like a naturopath or a functional medicine provider, an acupuncturist, or a health coach like me. Your wheel of wellness, it should also include some form of movement like restorative yoga or Pilates, swimming or walking, as well as a spiritual practice like prayer or meditation, maybe art therapy, dance therapy, or straight-up talk therapy as well. Healing from Crohn's or colitis, it works best when you diversify. Your wheel of wellness might include doctors like your gastroenterologist, a PCM, your gynecologist, but it might also include other practitioner areas like a naturopath, a functional medicine provider, an acupuncturist, or a health coach like me. Your wheel of wellness should include some form of movement like restorative yoga or Pilates, swimming or walking, as well as a spiritual practice like prayer, meditation, art therapy, dance therapy, or straight-up talk therapy as well. What's in your current wheel of wellness? You diversified enough? It's unlikely that you'll find lasting healing from just one expert. Build a team around you to guide and support you with all your needs being met. Healing takes a village. Start to create your village today. Remember, you're the heart of your village. You're the leader. In the community, they, it needs a leader to lead. Create your own team and you'll be happier and healthier for it. Moving on to tip number seven. Go in on a level playing field. Instead of going to the doctor's office expecting your physician to solve all your problems, go into your appointments armed with all that information you gathered back in tip number two when you educated yourself. Go into that appointment seeing you and your provider as partners. I love this when you can find this. Your partners on your healing journey. Partners who communicate, collaborate, and consider all the options together. How awesome would that be? It's possible, and it's beautiful to experience. Remember, though, equal doesn't mean that you both bring the same thing to the table. Your doctor has expertise and great knowledge, hopefully in the IBD specialty. This wisdom it's of great value and it should be appreciated for all that it offers. It doesn't mean that you don't bring just as much value to your doctor's appointment. No one, I mean absolutely no one, knows you better than you do. That's valuable information. Using information like this to partner with your doctor on an even playing field, it can only benefit your care. Think of your doctor more like a, a wise mentor guiding you, giving you sage and sound advice. And the key piece 
right here, that key piece that I just said, the key word is advice. Not the law of the land, but advice. Advice that you then can have a wonderfully collaborative conversation talking about to make the best decision for you. We've made it to our last tip. Tip number eight. (laughs) Tip number eight. It's okay to be anxious. It's normal to be nervous when you go to any doctor's appointment, even with a doctor that you truly like and trust. You're going to see that doctor about something that's near and dear to your heart. Your Crohn's or colitis. It's upended your life. It's changed everything. Of course, you're going to be anxious when you go see the doctor. This completely makes sense. The doctor's office is also often a place where you're sitting when you get bad news. It's often a place where you get poked and prodded, like I've mentioned before. You get poked and prodded by the doctor, and that can be uncomfortable, and sometimes it can hurt. And guess what? You can still have confidence, be educated about your illness, have good questions for the doctor, and be anxious at the same time. Being anxious or feeling stressed when you go to the doctor's office, in my mind, it just means that you care and you want the best results for your health. So next time you find yourself feeling that way, I say go with it. Don't fight it. Go with it. The anxiety in this particular moment, it might actually serve you well. So there you have it. My top eight must-do tips if you want to make sure that when you talk, your doctor will listen. Let's do a quick recap. Here they are again. Tip number one was go into your doctor's appointment with confidence. Tip number two, go into the doctor's office educated. Tip number three, go with a list of questions, not in your head, but written down somewhere. Tip number four, never let your doctor talk down to you or over you. Tip number five, don't stay if you're unhappy. Tip number six, develop your very own wheel of wellness. Number seven was keep a level playing field, a partnership with your doctor. And tip number eight, last but definitely not least, it's okay to be anxious. Use these tips. Use them as your guide. Whether you're on a hunt for a new doctor or you're repairing a relationship with an old one. They will serve you well, no matter what kind of doctor you're looking for. And just because I always want you to be fully armed and ready for anything, I've got just a couple few bonus thoughts for you on this subject. Just a couple honorable mentions, I'll call them. Honorable mentions that I'd be remiss if I didn't, well, mention them. And here they are. Know when to get a second opinion. It's not distrust in your doctor. It's just good health sense. Also, always be honest with your doctor. Lying about how you feel or your compliance with medication, it always leads to disaster. And lastly, even though I've been talking nonstop here about always having a good rapport with your doctor, I want to mention that there are times when there's more important things than good rapport. For example, a surgeon doesn't have to hold your hand. Your partner can do that. A surgeon just needs to be a good surgeon. Now, I've met some truly wonderful surgeons in my life, wonderful in their technique and also with their bedside manner, like Dr. Milsom, who I mentioned earlier as my surgeon. 
But if someone is cutting me open, I really care more about their skill in the operating room than their bedside manner. Okay, some final thoughts before we wrap up. Have you ever picked a worker or a contractor for a home improvement project? How about a babysitter for your kids? Would you ever hire them sight unseen? Not likely. You would never trust such a huge house project or the care of your kids with a stranger. Why are we asked to do the same when it comes to our doctors and our gastroenterologists? The truth is, we aren't. Most people don't know that they can actually interview their potential doctor before they even go to their first appointment. Just think, for just a little bit of time up front, think about all the time you'll save in going to the doctor's appointment, a doctor's office that you know you already have a good fit with. Most doctor's offices, they allow you a quick 15-minute meet and greet, over the phone usually, with the provider to see if they're a good match. Of course, most don't advertise it, but if you call and you ask, they'll usually make it happen. When you're searching for a doctor in a particular specialty, I'd pick about three options to start. And you can find these doctors through internet searches. You could ask other doctors for their recommendations. But I find the best referral is usually from a friend you trust. Once you have these doctors in mind and you've secured those quick 15-minute phone calls, remember to make your questions succinct and be ready for rapid fire. Doctors don't have a lot of time, so make the most of the time you have. And if the doctor absolutely doesn't have time for a quick 15-minute chat, I'd also accept a chat with his or her nurse. They can usually answer many of your initial questions, and then you can decide if you want to give the doctor a trial run with your first appointment. And if the office won't even make time for that, I'd say so long, Charlie. Definitely not my kind of practice. Remember, during this 15-minute potential doctor call, you don't even have to wonder what questions you're going to ask because it's all covered for you in my PDF guide. My top five questions to ask to pick a doctor you'll rave about. It also gives you the best, most high mileage questions to ask on your call. After these A's to your Q's, you'll feel more confident in your choice of provider and you'll go into your first appointment ready to crush those eight doctor-patient tips we went over today. I can't wait to hear how this goes for you. Let me know, will ya? Email me at hello at karenhaley.com and let me know how this episode landed for you. Does all of this sound kind of crazy and kooky? Or maybe you're already doing this and you want to share another tip with our mom tribe. Let me know. Let me know where you're at with finding a provider that you rave about to your friends and family. I can't wait to hear from you. Until then, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. 
One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.